So we find that there still continues to be a lot of confusion. Confusion amongst appraisers, banks, users of appraisal services, processors, AMCs, and underwriters. Why are we so confused? I'm talking about specifically the confusion surrounded by assumptions, extraordinary assumptions, and of course, hypothetical conditions. So I thought I'd take a few moments to talk about it. Let's examine what these things are and try and clear the cloud of confusion. You know, what is an assumption? Well, if we Google it or look it up, I bet you're going to find something to the effect that it says something that we believe to be true. We're not 100% sure, but it's something we think that is true. You know, they took that definition out of USPAP, quite frankly, because USPAP views the definition very much like the regular English dictionary. It's something I think that's true. I'm not not 100% sure, but I believe it to be true. So how do we apply that to appraising? Well, when's the last time you appraised a house? I mean, when's the last time you went out and looked at a property, uh, did an inspection or observation, as we like to call it these days? When, when's the last time you did one? Yesterday, last week? Well, I bet when you were there, unless you had reason to believe otherwise, you assumed that the soil was not contaminated, didn't you? Don't you assume that the owner has clear marketable title and can transfer the rights of that property to a buyer? Unless, of course, you have reason to believe there's a cloud on the title, right? Don't you assume that the outside wall of that house has insulation in it? Unless, of course, you have reason to believe it doesn't. I mean, you don't poke a hole in the wall. To, <laughs> yep, there's insulation there. You got to spackle that thing <laughs> and fix it. Sorry about it. No, you make that assumption. It's a regular assumption. And those we use on virtually everything we appraise. That's a regular assumption. So they took the definition out. So let's talk about this other area of confusion, an extraordinary assumption, and a hypothetical condition. Let's take one at a time. The extraordinary assumption, if you think about it closely, the second word is assumption. Well, we just examined what a regular assumption is, right? Something I think that's true. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe it to be true. But unlike a regular assumption that we're utilizing on virtually everything we appraise, except those rare exceptions, an extraordinary assumption is not something 
that we assume on virtually everything we appraise. It's specific to this assignment. In fact, if we look at the definition, and I just want to let our let our listeners know, uh, the listeners to this podcast, that I am referencing the upcoming edition of USPAP since we're just uh, a little over a month away. So everything I'm going to be talking to moving forward, and, and in particular this podcast, is based on the 2020-2021 edition of USPAP. And as you know, that becomes effective January 1. So if you haven't uh, arranged to take your class, get on it. Uh, This is going to be effective January 1. And if you don't take your class soon, I would highly recommend you get a copy of the document. I use both the digital copy and a print copy. And the reason I do that is I'm I'm that touchy feely kind of guy. <laughs> I like to I like to be able to put something under your nose and say, "Look, here's where it says this in USPAP, right?" But because it's quite an extensive document these days, I like the search function of the online or the PDF version. And you can get the both these documents from the Appraisal Foundation. So just hop over to appraisalfoundation.org and, and get your copy. Um, and so if you don't take a USPAP update class soon, one of the things that I would recommend you do at the very least is get a copy of the document and look at, uh, you can go to Roman numeral page three, and it will give you the revisions. There's 14 items, and there's revisions to the USPAP and the USPAP advisory opinions and they are published on uh, Roman numeral three and Roman numeral four of the new document. So if you are not planning on taking that USPAP update class soon, which again, I would highly recommend you get that on your calendar, but if you're not going to take it soon, at least educate yourself. This is important stuff, guys. This is your minimum standards. I mean, when you sign that certification and you say, I wrote my report, I developed my opinion, I developed my appraisal, and I wrote the appraisal report in accordance to Uniform Standards of Professional Appraisal Practice. How do you know you did that if you don't know what's in the book? So it's pretty important stuff. I know it might be a little dry, but, you know, get over it. <laughs> uh, it's the, the document itself is only a few pages. It's six, 62, 64 pages, somewhere in there. The part that that you're most interested with would be, you know, probably the first 24 pages or so if you're a real property appraiser. So secure that book and and take a look at it. At least educate yourself on the revisions. Yeah, the first 24 pages cover standard one, standard two, and everything before it. I highly recommend you read those over as soon as possible. It's something you probably ought to reread occasionally, right? It's your minimum standard you're held accountable to. How do you know you're adhering to it if you haven't read it? Anyway, let's get back to the subject of this podcast, which is confusion. And the confusion we're talking about is around extraordinary assumptions, hypothetical conditions, and the regular assumption, right? So we talked about assumption. Let's move on to EA, as I call it, extraordinary assumption. The definition per USPAP, and you probably would not find a definition of extraordinary assumption in a regular dictionary, would you? That's why USPAP has a specific definition for it. 
And you can find that on page four of the new edition of USPAP, starting at line item 111. And it says, an extraordinary assumption is an assignment-specific assumption as of the effective date regarding uncertain information used in an analysis, which if found to be false, could alter the appraiser's opinions and conclusions. Now, there's a comment there, and I'm going to let you read that yourself. Um, I I pretty much gave you the definition. So it's an assignment-specific assumption as of the effective date regarding uncertain information assignment specific we'll get back to that just in just a minute but keep in mind it's an assumption what's an assumption assumptions something i think to be true well that's the same with an extraordinary assumption the primary difference is it's specific to this assignment not something i use in virtually all assignments right So let's move over to a hypothetical condition just a second and and knock out the definition portion. The definition of a hypothetical condition on line item 117 of the new USPEP says, a condition directly related to a specific assignment which is contrary to what is known by the appraiser to exist on the effective date of the assignment results but is used for purposes of analysis. So let's think about that a minute. A hypothetical condition is a condition, again, specific to this assignment, which is contrary to what is known by you as the appraiser on the value date or effective date, but you're going to use it anyway. It's something contrary to what you know. Something contrary. So one easy way to try to remember it is just say it's a lie. If it's something contrary to what exists, that's an untruth. And if it's an untruth, then that's a lie. Hey, guys, I'm about to tell you a lie. Are you ready? The next thing I say is an untruth or it's contrary to what is known. It's a lie. I'm going to tell you a lie. Are you ready? That's a hypothetical condition. All right. Something contrary to what is known by the appraiser. So now let's move over to the development standard. What's that? Well, it's standard one. You should know that. So when we talk about the development, when can you use these extraordinary assumptions and hypothetical conditions? Let's look at that, and you can find that in Standard 1. And if you go to page 17, line item 492, you'll find it. Identify any extraordinary assumption necessary in the assignment. An extraordinary assumption may be used in an assignment only if the extraordinary assumption is required to properly develop credible opinions and conclusions the appraiser has a reasonable basis for an extraordinary assumption and use of the extraordinary assumption results in believable or credible analysis that's under standard one the development you developing your opinion of value 
The next item G talks about hypothetical condition. It says, identify any hypothetical conditions necessary in an assignment. An HC, or hypothetical condition, may be used in an assignment only if use of the hypothetical condition is clearly required for legal purposes, for purposes of reasonable analysis, or for purposes of comparison, and use of the hypothetical condition results in credible analysis. So let's talk about this a little further. Does that mean you can do whatever you want to? I mean, in, a, in another podcast, and those of that have heard me speak in a live platform have heard me oftentimes say, a practicing appraiser can do almost anything. I say it with regularity that a practicing appraiser with the use of scope of work, extraordinary assumptions, and hypothetical conditions can do almost anything. Now, I didn't say you could do anything. Be careful. Don't put words in my mouth. I said you could do almost anything. A minute ago, I, I read this development requirement for extraordinary assumption, it says that the appraiser has to have a reasonable basis for the extraordinary assumption. A moment ago, I read hypothetical condition. I said, for purposes of reasonable analysis. So you've got to make sure you're in check with those things. Let me give a couple of examples. You're appraising a property, and the property actually has two houses on the same lot you have a house that the, the owners reside in and then you have an old house old dilapidated house they haven't knocked down yet and you report that to your client the client says you know we we want you to just to appraise it as if there was only one house there can you do that yeah i mean could there only be one house there could they remove the old house, or could they demolish that old house? Yeah, yeah, they absolutely could. Hook my pickup truck to it and pull it right off the site, right? <laughs> so you could actually do the appraisal based upon a hypothetical condition, as if there was only one improvement. There. Now, you've got to be really, really careful, and we'll get into the reporting later. In fact, we're probably going to do a second podcast to talk to the reporting. So we'll, we'll call that part two of this particular podcast. And you'll, you'll want to check that out because appraisers are making a lot of mistakes when it comes to the reporting requirements. So you're going to want to tune in to part two of this podcast. But the question is, can you do it? And the answer is yes, you can. Yes, you can. Now, it's going to be very important for you to say, hey, hey, client, hey, I got to let you know there are two improvements on this property. There are actually two houses on this property. But for purposes of this analysis, I'm going to appraise it as if there's only one. Now, see, so you haven't misled anyone. It could certainly be argued that you misled if you didn't mention that there were two there. You know, it would be improper to just appraise it as if there's one and never mention the other one, right? That would be misleading. So be real careful there. What about this? You go, go down to a basement and there's a crack in the wall. And you interview the owner because that crack could be a problem. And then again, maybe it's not a problem. 
You interview the owner and you say, hey, tell me about this crack in the wall. He says, all right, man, I've been here 20 years. When I bought the house, I bought the crack. <laughs> he came with the house. Hadn't gotten any wider. Hadn't, hadn't moved. Hadn't gotten any longer. Water didn't come in. Yeah, I probably ought to get it checked out, but heck, I've been here 20 years. It hadn't changed. Now, if you saw water stains running down that wall from that crack and a big puddle of water on the floor, uh, I'd wonder just how credible that homeowner is. But absent that, if you have no reason to not believe what he was saying, there's a good chance that that's not going to be an issue. Do we know it's not? A, no, we don't know. But based on my observation, based upon the interview of this property owner who's been there 20 years, I'm going to assume, or in this case, since it's a specific to the assignment, I'm going to make an extraordinary assumption. Now, let's just change this example just a little bit. And let's say when you interviewed the owner, he said, yep, been here 20 years. You know, every year that thing gets a little longer and gets a little wider. Every year a little bit more water comes in. I probably ought to get that sucker checked out. But the water comes in and it, it goes right over to the sump pump. The sump pump just pumps it right out. Well, now we know there is probably an issue with this. So it would be improper to appraise it based upon an extraordinary assumption that it's not a problem. You have a, a reasonable basis to believe it is a problem. It's getting longer. It's getting wider. More and more water's coming in. But if you have a conversation with your client and they say, you know, we want you to do it based on a hypothetical condition, what would it be worth if that item wasn't there? Then maybe you could do that based on a hypothetical condition, right? So you have options. Let's talk about new construction. That's a, that's a common one that appraisers struggle with. So let's talk about a new construction. In fact, let's talk about um, you get an order. It's a proposed improvement or maybe it's under construction. I don't know. But how do you get the assignment? Normally, a residential appraiser will get plans and specs. Here's an order to appraise a house based on plans and specs. Go do it. Is that a hypothetical condition or is that an extraordinary assumption? Or is that a regular assumption? What is it? Well, let's talk about it. Let's clear that confusion. So if you get plans and specs and they say, I want you to go appraise this property with an effective date, or a value date as of now, assuming that the house was there and done based on these plans and specifications, three bedroom, two bath, 3,500 square feet, two car garage. You go out and look at the subject property and you take your photographs and you're taking a picture of dirt. Is there a house there? No, there's not a house there. Are you appraising it as if there was a house there? Yes, in this example you are. Therefore, you're, you're telling a lie. You're developing your opinion based upon something's contrary to what you know exists on that effective date. Therefore, that indeed would be a hypothetical condition. And that's how most appraisers of houses get those orders. But what if? What if I called you up and said, hey, I've got an assignment for you. I'm building a house. I'm building a house, and it's going to be 100% complete on my birthday. My birthday's March the 9th. Hint, hint, hint for all my listeners out there. 
<laughs> my birthday is March the 9th, and this house is going to be done. It's going to be 100% complete. I'm going to have the landscaping in. I'm going to have the driveway in. I'm telling you, the house is going to be finished. I'm going to have the CO, and most of you probably have the certificate of occupancy. I'm telling you, I'm moving in on my birthday. I want you to do an appraisal based on an effective date of March the 9th, which is in the future of this podcast, right? I want you to do a prospective opinion of value, assuming everything's 100% complete. Could you do that? Yes, indeed, you could do that. And then this example, the appraisal would not be based upon a hypothetical condition. It would be based upon an extraordinary assumption, an extraordinary assumption that the house will be 100% complete with the driveway landscaping and the CO issued by March the 9th, which is the effective date of this appraisal. So are they based on HCs or EAs? The answer is it depends. It depends. You can find guidance on this in FAQ 154 of USPEP. Uh, the Frequently Asked Question 154 talks about proposed improvement, current, and prospective value opinions. And it says in a much fancier technical way everything I just said. I hope this is starting to clear the confusion with regard to assumptions, extraordinary assumptions, and hypothetical conditions. Remember, an assumption is like a regular assumption. Something you'd find in a regular English dictionary. An extraordinary assumption is, too, an assumption, but it's specific to this assignment. It's not used in virtually all assignments. And, of course, a hypothetical condition, my little secret of, of shortcut of knowing how to recognize that, we just call it a lie, right? <laughs> it's something contrary to what is known by the appraiser as of the effective date. Extraordinary assumption, hypothetical condition. Get your arms around that. It's a confusion for most appraisers and users, and we need to clear that confusion. Come back and join me in my next podcast when we're going to talk about the reporting requirements associated with an extraordinary assumption and a hypothetical condition. You're not going to want to miss it. There are three things. One, two, three. There are three things that an appraiser has to do when they utilize an extraordinary assumption or hypothetical condition, and I'm telling you right now, the majority of appraisers out there are not doing all three things. There are three things that you must do. Did you hear me? You must do them in order for you to be compliant with uniform standards. And it's not, hey, I got two out of the three right. I was close. I got a B plus instead of an A, right? No. This is a pass or fail situation. If you don't do all three things, you fail. It's not that you got two out of three and that's pretty good. You have to pass. You have to do all three things. What are the three things? Join me in my next podcast and you'll find out those three things that you have to do in order to make yourself compliant with uniform standards of professional appraisal practice with regard to the reporting requirements of an extraordinary assumption and a hypothetical condition. Until then, happy appraising. The Appraisal Update Podcast is brought to you by Appraiser E-Learning.